Do you ever wonder what happened to your friends from high school? I mean, you were so close. You laughed together, you cried together, you shared some of the best years of your lives together, and yet, somehow through life, you just lost touch. Now it's time to relive those moments once again. Introducing the podcast that takes you back in time to the place where it all began. This is Class Reunion. We're bringing you all the gossip, secrets, and scandals from your high school days that you won't want to miss. Join us as we catch up with old classmates and dive into the wildest stories from our high school days. From those legendary parties to the infamous cliques, we're spilling all the tea on who's who and what really went down. So grab a seat, turn your volume up, and get ready for a trip down memory lane. Class Reunion, the podcast that reunites us all. Welcome back to another episode of Class Reunion. I have a very special guest with me today. My very first best friend since first grade, Nancy Crouch, is joining us. So please welcome Nancy. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. You and I actually talked quite a bit before this, so full disclosure. Yes. But you had the most interesting, because I was going to say, please share like how we met and everything. And then you said you won't believe what just happened. So can you share going to the movies with your daughter? Yes. So last week, and I went to see Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And boy, did it bring back a lot of memories for me. The opening of the movie had Margaret. She moved and Nancy happens to be the other character in the book, which I did not even remember. And she comes to the door and says, hi, um, you know, basically... I'm here to play, not play with you. She was a little bit more bossy than that, than I was, of course. But it reminded me when I moved in and I knocked on your door and said, are there any kids to play with? And so that just brought back a lot of memories. Yes, I could not believe that the movie was a direct replay of how you and I became friends. You know, it was like I yes, came home yes. and my mom said, there's a girl that knocked on the door. Why don't you go over and introduce yourself? So I did the same thing. I went to your house and then that was it. We were like thick as thieves yes. after that, which was which was so fun. So um, I loved that. And we have kept in touch ever since then. So we went to elementary school together, obviously, since first yes. grade. And it started me thinking of like some of the fun things that we had back in the 70s. And I yes. remember the plastic tote bags. Did you, you uh-huh. have one? Okay. Yes. And remember, we were so short. I mean... I don't know why we thought we weren't going to scrape them, but there was always a rip on the bottom of those book bags. Yes. <laughs> it was, and we had to put our snowshoes and boots in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sound like I'm saying walk to school in our bare feet, but basically that was it. We all walked yeah. every day unless it was storming. Right. We did. Did you have a lunchbox? Yes. Or I were did. you paper bag? I had lunchbox. Okay. Who was on your lunchbox? Hello, kitty. That's awesome. I think. If I remember yeah, yeah, correctly. Yeah. yeah. Hello Kitty. I loved Hello Kitty. Yeah. And, and we had like pens and all pencils and all that kind of stuff, school supplies. And um, I had hot bologna sandwiches with ketchup, which is disgusting. Disgusting. Yes. Yes. I had peanut butter and jelly. Like every day. Yeah. And I'm still and, like that. Oh, still. I know. Me too. I mean, it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So we would wait in line to get into the gym and they would take a key onto the wall and unlock all of the tables that came out from the wall with the um, bench seats. Do you remember the sound of that? Like you just knew the janitor had those key rings and you could hear all the keys jingling. And then one by one, all the tables went out. We went in and if you had five cents, you could get milk. I mean, now that you're saying this, I remember all this, but I wouldn't have remembered that without (laughs) you. 
at all. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And we had sleepovers constantly. Mm-hmm. So I do want to talk about that because it is such a controversy now. Right. Like right. a lot of parents are not allowing their children to do it. So we mm-hmm. were annoying to our parents. It was a Very. matter of whose house was going to let us spend the night. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we'd be up all night giggling and looking yes. through Teen Beat and Tiger Magazine. What do you think the difference is and how did you raise your kids with sleepovers? Well, first of all, I remember our moms talking in between our houses about how could they handle us wanting. And they were saying maybe they should limit us. I do remember that. Yeah. So with my kids, I have to say I hated the sleepovers too because I never got any sleep because they were always, you know, up, same thing, making a lot of noise, cooking. And then when they got older, I worried about them sneaking out and because they did and, you know, just all (laughs) the other things. So I didn't, I mean, I did it for birthday parties. Very, I mean, I did it rare occasions. And then, you know, when they had best friends that I actually liked, then then I would be all right with it. So, (laughs) so, but not as much. Was it about knowing the parents? Yes. You know, okay. Okay. Or the kid. In a way, I mean, our parents obviously knew each other. We were one house away for everybody listening. We were actually one house away all the time together, but we still went to sleepovers at other people's homes for birthdays. And we did walk, we did go out. Like we did do all the things that you were worried about. Yeah, we did it. We've talked about this, you and I, many times, like the security factor is higher now, but all of the fears and all the things that could have gone wrong, we had anyway. So, right. and yet those are some of the best years of our lives. It's kind of ironic, yes. really. So do you remember, I've asked this question before on social media, Andy Gibb was our first concert. Yes. And your mother was kind enough to drive us in her station wagon with the paneling. Yes. And you just reminded me the other day, I knew she had earplugs in, but share what she did during Andy Gibbs concert. I remember we had good seats in the pavilion at I think yes. the high knob. Yes. We had really good seats. I don't know why, but we did. Everybody was standing up screaming and she was just sitting there knitting with her earplugs in, rolling her eyes. And I just, I thought that's, that's a really good mom. But then I mean, she was a good mom, but she she got disgusted with us when he took off his shirt and we just were screaming our heads off and thinking that's like the best thing ever. And you reminded me she went to the car with my daughter. She wanted to go. Now I'm going to forget the name, but it's here in Chicago was all the music stars and one after the other. And yeah. I remember thinking to my mom the whole time going, okay, I'm not going to knit. I'm, I don't even know how to knit, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be into this concert. But it was the longest thing ever because there was 10 different music acts. So I was thinking of my mom during that time. She was a trooper. She was, her name was Dreama, which was such a classic Dreama. name. Yes. And um doesn't surprise me that she was musically inclined and mm-hmm. uh your and your dad and mom, you know, both were really into making art, which is right behind you, which is a, a great yeah. picture. And then my house was the opposite. opposite so yes. we were all, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken or Long John Silvers, and you used to be fascinated that we would go out and get fast food because you actually had a home cooked meal at your house. So we had such polar opposite upbringings, which I want to get into later, but, but pretty interesting. Yes. And I miss your parents. They are, they were wonderful. Thank you. Wonderful to me. And, um, and, and, 
put up with us, basically. Yes, they did. Yes. Let's talk about the influence of teachers. And we're going to do that in, in high school. But there's one significant story. And it reminded me of my brother after you and I spoke about this as well. Commending teachers. Kudos. It's it's absolutely true. They they do a lot. They they um, nowadays, you know, they have to put their life at risk. There were a few back in the day, um, and still are sometimes that put an impact on you with things that they've said or done. Let's talk about Mr. Broughton because I I remember this vividly after you shared the story. I was extremely shy, and still to this day, my face turns red at times when I'm embarrassed or whatever. Still to this day. But um, I remember I was painfully shy in elementary school and he thought it was just hilarious that my face turned red. Even when he talked, when someone talked to me, my face would turn red, especially a teacher. And he got the whole class to say redder and redder, like making fun of me. And that was just that memory. Sometimes I don't remember a lot, but I remember that uh, stuck in my mind about, you know, how cruel that was. And mm-hmm. but... I stood up for myself. I, I remember standing up in the class. I was crying and saying, stop. That's so mean. You just need to stop it. But, you know, I know he did that to other people, too. And I remember my mom was yeah. furious and just talking to him about the impact of that. I mean, there's, you know, we all have such different personalities at that age. And to point them out like that can be yeah. crushing, you know. Right. Um, right. I mean, I hated reading aloud in class and all that kind of stuff because you don't want to fumble on a word. It's embarrassing. Right. Yes. You know, you really remember those moments in time. Oh, you do. Later in life. It's yeah. crazy. Even in graduate school, I, it brought me right back to fifth grade because I had a teacher when I raised my hand, it was statistics and I'm terrible at math. And I raised my hand to ask a question and she said, I'm not going to answer that. That's what you would do in fifth grade. That would be a question for a fifth grade match <gasps> no teacher. way and i was like oh she was so mean she did in front of the whole class and i thought mr broughton in- reincarnated <laughs> sorry but that oh wasn't my that, gosh. you know i was how old i mean i was 20 22 and that happened it was terrible oh terrible. my gosh we were also from the era that teachers were right 100% of the time. Oh, yeah. And absolutely. If you were called out with your parents or there was a note that went home or whatever it was, whether it was correct or not, mm-hmm. like the parents believed the right. teachers. And then over time, that's almost shifted too heavy where right. the kids are always right and the teachers are yes. wrong. So there should be a better balance. But Mr. Kramer was one that I remember I had such trouble with and I didn't like that he was so mean to people in the class. My mom was like, you need to pay attention. And do you remember in Berkshire Middle School when he came with a beanie on top, like a little propeller beanie and a trench coat and he was naked underneath and he went Whoa. running oh, no, through I don't. the halls. I mean, the police came shortly thereafter. So See, why don't I remember that? Well, I was in the front office for some reason. So I was helping or something like that or yeah. turning in attendance. Remember, we'd go to yes. the class or yes. to the office and yeah. turn in attendance. That's so funny. But yeah. And so the police came and took him away and I couldn't wait to get home to tell my mom, like, see, oh, I yeah. told you. I was So right. obviously, you know, he did have some mental issues, but I was right. <laughs> yes, you were. Speaking of my mom, um, and I've mentioned this before, but, uh, you know, she worked at our, our high school, yes. Rose High School. Yes. She was the receptionist. But when you and I had some of our greatest moments were when we were young and I became a latchkey child for the first time. Yes. That was a new term. And yeah. I was going home by myself. And I remember getting called in the office 
asking how I was adjusting to my mom working like it was the strangest thing in the world. And I felt different from that moment because I didn't know it was really an issue. All I Mm -hmm. knew that you and I were going to go home. I was going to turn the key. We were going to watch General Hospital and have Ding Dongs. And I did look it up. It was Ding Dongs. I thought it was King Dongs. Yeah. Okay. And uh, the chocolate thing from Hostess or Twinkies, whatever we ate. And we just sat and watched General Hospital every day. No problem. Luke and Laura's wedding. I mean, we had to walk home fast for that one. And your favorite snack was? Cool Whip. I would eat it right out of the... Just right out of the bucket. Yes. Yep. With your Diet Coke, which you still drink to this day. I still have it right here. (laughs) I mean, you really should do a commercial because you've been Mm -hmm. a loyal customer Since 1976, I think. I don't even know. (laughs) And so when we were talking about General Hospital, it was also making me think of Michael Douglas. Do you remember the Mike Douglas show? It would come on after General Hospital and he had guests and he was like our Oprah Winfrey back then. Oh, yeah. Okay. I remember him. And he had like these big flowers in the back, kind of similar to what I have. Big flowers. And Tiger Woods was one of his guests. And I still to this day remember this little four-year-old kid putting a golf ball and getting him in like crazy. And I was like, Michael Douglas was our Oprah Winfrey back then. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. He had every movie star and it was, you know, something we watched right after school. And then let's talk about the phone. We had, of course, the phones that were on the wall or on a table with the cord. And I know I stretched my phone all the way into from the kitchen to a bathroom. Yes. To talk yes. to you. Yes. Like every day after school. Mm-hmm. I remember my grandma came to visit and she said, my gosh, these girls just left each other. What on earth are they talking about? I mean, we would literally get in our house yes. and call each other. Yes, we would. And what did we have? I I, I don't know. Anything and everything to talk about. We- Never we did. ran out of things. Yeah, we never did. And we never have because we're still busy talking on the phone for hours on end like we did the other yes. day. I want to share before we get to high school real quick, other core memories. And I'm going to say this. We have a friendship. Oh, gosh, I might get choked up. I'm sorry. No, I know. I was thinking, I was thinking about that. Yeah. I mean, we go so far back and all of these important times in our life. It's just right. crazy that. Fortunately for you and I, we are still together and communicating. It's like yes. so special, but we've had some really great times and ups and downs. And I, w- I want to talk about those because I think it's important for people to realize we've had a friendship that's had passed the test of time. I mean, it has, it, it has, it, you know, and I think that if there's anything about this podcast, you can go back and reunite with people yes. and let that yep. stuff be water under the bridge and get through it because those were moments in time that just made you who you are today. And we've been, I think we are, we are Judy Bloom. We are a testament yes. of all of those first boyfriends and first bras and first, you know, yes. all that stuff. And it really does bond you with someone for life in my it opinion. It does. So we were thick as thieves and now we're starting to change and we're in middle school and or junior high and we were both going to try out for cheerleading because we did everything together. Yes. So do you want to walk through that that experience from your perspective? I so desperately, since we did everything together, I so desperately wanted to do cheerleading with you. But I still to this day am very uncoordinated. And I finally told my children as adults that I, I don't even think my husband knew this. Well, he didn't until 
recently, which is funny. That's one story. I was like embarrassed that I tried out so many times and never made cheerleading. I can laugh about it now, but it was hard because you were so kind to me too, to be my little uh, trainer in the backyard and over and over again, but it just wasn't going <laughs> to happen. So I remember going, Oh, I don't want to do this. But then I wanted to be with you. So I was like, okay, okay. Maybe one time will work because I think I tried out all, well, how many years? Each year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Each, each year. And I remember knowing that I wasn't going to when we had to do those jumps. <laughs> I couldn't do them. And then, you know, it was really hard because, of course, we lived one house away. And right. the squad would come, chilling team would come to your house and they would scream and surprise you and do all that. And then I would be looking out the window, hoping after your house, I was always so happy for you, but hoping after your house, they would come to mine and they never did. So that part was really difficult. And I remember asking you, was I nice about it? Because I was hoping, you know, was I excited for you? Was I, was I nice about this? Like, did I, or did I show like that I was really hurt? I, I mean, I hope both, but Yeah, that was a really hard, hard time. I was never a cheerleader. I was never on the homecoming court. I was never what, you know, you were. And I had to play the stupid violin and I hated it. And, you know, I mean, it was, you know, that part was hard. So, well, first of all, thank you for sharing that from from your perspective. And Nancy's right. So the the heartache was so difficult for both of us in that we were a house away. And what Nancy's talking about is in order to know you're on the squad, the upperclassmen come and congratulate you and let you know you're on the squad by driving to your house and beeping the horn and bringing flowers. And you can imagine being in a neighborhood where you're hearing that happen and the cars coming down with the horns and they pull in my driveway. And I remember, you know, you you definitely saw what was happening, but I remember standing yeah. on my porch with my mom and you with your mom, and we just stared at each other. And yes, you've always been my hype person, my hype friend. Um, but I also ached for you because I think more than anything, it wasn't so much that you weren't gonna be with me, it was that you tried so freaking hard. <laughs> You really, you know, well, I'm just saying you, we, we really did practice. It wasn't like, you know, you really worked hard at it. And, and so I, I felt bad for that, but interestingly enough, and we've talked about this, it's not always what it's cracked up to be either. I wasn't, I didn't know a lot of the girls on the squad. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there were just unique things that took place and the grass is always greener. And Mm -hmm. again, going back to the diversity of our households, yours was much more on the art side, which that brain side never worked for me. I couldn't play an instrument. I couldn't sing. Neither could I. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, you know, but I was in the family. Yeah. You were in the family and your mom had voice lessons and all of her students would, you could hear them bellow through the neighborhood with these beautiful songs. And you were, she introduced me to plays. So Oliver Twist was my first local production that you and I went to. And the different things that each family brought, I thought, made our friendship even more unique because we were two different households. Yes, definitely. What I'd like to do is go to high school and talk about sharing lockers. Yes. We shared lockers throughout uh, forever. Do the kids do that anymore? No. They have their own lockers. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And we crammed your coursework, mine in there, in one tiny little locker, food, yeah, I don't shoes, know how we did that. everything. I don't know how we did it either. And it was like such a sign of like, who are you going to share your locker with? And we were like consistent. Yes. It was us in high school every year together. And I shared with you that I remember there being a Polaroid of us, mm-hmm. Polaroids, first of all, yes, um, of a... West Virginia family union that you took me to. Yes. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was really special and it was important how you decorated your locker and, oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Big, big sign of our, our friendship. So there was a teacher opposite of Mr. Broughton yes. who you shared was influential in changing how you thought about yourself, which I right. loved that you told me about this. So I'd love to have you sure. give a little insight into Joe Stazlicky. Okay, there we go. He was an English teacher at Groves. Yes, yes. Such a nice man. Because I I didn't know at the time, but I struggled with attention, attention deficit disorder. But at that time, that wasn't a thing. Or it was for boys, but not girls, I guess. But so I struggled a lot with school and I was not a very good student at all. And so, you know, for the gifted and talented program, you had to be, you had to have a high academic. That was, that was a big part of it. And so he was part of, the committee that decided on the gifted and talented. And I think probably he saw that I had, you know, just a difficult time, but I really wanted to be a preschool teacher. And so he came up with the idea of nominating me for gifted and talented, even though I didn't have very good grades, but he saw something in me that I could be a teacher and this would be something wonderful. And he knew I was good with kids so that I could be part of the program. And he also wanted to do something different and not make it all about just your grades or your academics. So he was honest and told me he had to fight hard for me because of my grades, but he did it. And then, so, you know, I was very proud of it and also gave me a great experience with preschool and teaching. Didn't end up being a teacher, but it was a great, more so that someone believed in me and a a positive teacher, not someone that made fun of me. And we were talking about the guidance counselors, you know, I had a guidance counselor said that I wasn't college material. And I, I think how horrible is that if I listened to, to this person? And I was thankful I had parents that were like, no, you're going to college. You know, we're, we're going to figure it out, make it work. So you think about how your life could be so much different if, if someone didn't believe in you or if your parents weren't, you're going to go to college, you know, or you're going to do something, you know, vocational school, whatever it is. And very you, important. Uh, well, we'll get into what, what you've done as your career, but it was so, so up your ass to have yes. that side of you with children because it's it's been something that I think is in every yearbook signing we have together, you and I, from from <laughs> junior yes. high to high school is about getting married and having kids. And it was yes. always such a big yes. part of, of what you uh, saw yourself in the future. Yep. So you were in um, student council as well. Is yes. there something looking back, is there advice that you would give yourself today looking back? Well, I would just give myself more grace and more kindness because I was always very hard on myself and, you know, and it was okay to not be the cheerleader or the homecoming queen or even on the homecoming court. It was all okay. You know, I mean, it wasn't because I did develop a lot of friendships and I would still say advice that, you know, have friends in different groups of, of, you know, and I did, I had friends that we're in the quote unquote popular group or we're cheerleaders or we're, I mean, obviously you, but I also had friends that weren't and that were 
in all different groups. So I think that's really important. And just because you don't fit in that mold, which I didn't, there's other molds, you know, there's other things that you that you can benefit from. So definitely just to give myself more kindness. No, I so agree with that. I will say this generation seems to have that mastered a little bit better than right. you and I did. Right. Because they, they know there's other other things to be than than, you know, just right. just a cheerleader. Hey, sorry for the interruption. I've got some sweet news to share about old time candy. They're all about bringing back the classic candies we grew up with in love. How you ask? With the Decades box, of course. It's like taking a time machine back to your childhood, only sweeter. Personally, I've ordered from Old Time Candy to add some pizzazz to friends' milestone birthdays. And wow, was it a hit. Each box is jam-packed with goodies from the decade of your choice that will transport you back in time with a single bite. Plus, this family-owned business has been run by candy lovers for candy lovers since 2000. So if you're eager to relive the good old days, go ahead and check out Old Time Candy. You won't regret it. All right, now let's get back to the show. So you had a special delivery today and I just wanted yes. you to pick out a candy that reminds you of times that we had together. So we would, you know, normally take a, a quarter and go up to the store and get some candy. So Nancy's in her decades box oh, from old time candies. Thank you so much. Yes. And I just want you to take a look and see what, you know, what reminds you most and, and just name that candy that you, you enjoyed? Bottle caps. I remember that. There we go. Excellent. Yes. Isn't that amazing? I love lemon heads. Oh, but my favorite, and I love this today, is the Laffy Taffies. Oh, yes. I think I remember you getting sweet water taffy all the time. Yes, I did. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to give you some, some trivia here, too, while you're looking at the candies. People that were born in 1985 when we graduated, like born. This is crazy. Katy Perry. Yes. I think that she was born when we were in high school. It's just bizarre. And eggs, now that eggs are astronomical, they were 57 cents a dozen. Crazy. Isn't that crazy? And a dollar for bread. Like 95 cents. Mm -hmm. Those were the days. Oh, I know. I don't know what gas was, but I can only imagine gas price. Gas was uh, $1.10. Wow. Yeah. So talking about the teacher acknowledging, you know, wanting to go into preschool and everything, can you fast forward to when you graduated and what fields you went into? Because it was so perfectly suited for you. And I'm proud that of every family that you have helped since then, it's a it's like incredible legacy based off of who you are as a human being and what you have to offer with the love of children and family. So if you can just maybe update us on what your career was after college. Thank you. Well, I went to Central Michigan with Leanne. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so and I was on the wait list and almost didn't get in. So that's another thing. Oh, but I did. <laughs> And oh, thank goodness. And um, we went up, we drove up by ourselves. Do you remember like all the parents now put their kids oh, in and they have fancy dorm rooms. We just went in my Chevette. Oh no, we did. And, and it said CMU or bust. And, and yes. that was it. Like our parents just were like, bye-bye. Yeah, you know? bye-bye. Yeah, which is crazy. Not yes. Now we make a big production about it. So I... I decided that, you know, I wanted to work with kids, but then I decided preschool. My dad sat me down and said, you're not going to be able to probably support yourself on preschool on a teacher's, that type of teacher's salary. And, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, I couldn't believe my, my parents are pretty forward thinking because they were saying, you know, you may not get married, you know, you may not have a man in your life. So you need to be able to support yourself. And so just, he's like, just look into other options. 
So I did. And I ended up going into family studies, psychology, and then I got my master's in counseling. It took me to first foster care, working with children that had been abused and neglected. Then really my heart went into adoption. So I worked with kids, mainly babies, placing babies for adoption. So I did that, that type of work for 35 years in a very long time. <sighs> yeah, thank you. Ironically, when I did get married and we started to try to have a family, you know, I couldn't conceive. And so the route was adoption and it's what I've known. And so that was very exciting to be able to kind of go down that in a personal path and professional at the same time. I've just helped hundreds of families uh, be able to adopt a child and, you know, because their paths have been infertility um, and that just was really close to my heart. So adopted two children and then they had one biologically. So it's been a... Yes. And I, I always tease Nancy that, that uh, the first two look just like her and the last one is this uh, athlete and tumbler and gymnast. And I was like, where did he come from? <laughs> he came from my husband's was- side, not the royal side. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, three, three beautiful kids, very Thank close you. together. And so I think that was, you know, it's challenging for any new parent, but mm-hmm. you had three real close together. And I would love for you to share Jack's story because he, he was the surprise. He, Xander's 26 and we adopted him from Russia. And that was just mm-hmm. a crazy experience that there in and of itself. But we brought him home when he was 11 months. And then I had already gone through an infertility treatments, but I decided I was going to go through one more time. We ended up getting pregnant and that's Jack, my youngest. But when I was two months pregnant, I got a call for another child for adoption, my daughter, Catherine, and her birth mother was in Ohio. So um, I had a two-year-old and I was pregnant two months and then along came Catherine. So they're seven months apart. And so basically I had three at the same time, two that were almost twins. And I look back at pictures and I was so happy. And I know I was so stressed out too. I'm not saying that, but it was just when you don't think you can have kids and then three come along, I just was like, this, this is wonderful. So very, very lucky, but very close in age. So it all, it it was, it was like a a triple blessing all at once. Yes. I wanted you to share that story because, you know, it's not uncommon about infertility, but you, you stuck with it for such a long time. And there's a lot of ups and downs and heartaches. I learned a lot about the difference between artificial insemination and in vitro. And fortunately, at that time, you had insurance that was covering that process. My heart broke because like I said, we're best friends who grew up who all we talked about was getting married and, and yes. having babies. And um, if there's anybody that shouldn't have had that experience of their heartache early on, it, it would have been you. So what a beautiful way to come through that. And in just the balance of your career and the personal story had to resonate with all the families that you helped as well. So I'm just super proud of you as a friend to just have that story behind you that, you know, three beautiful kids. So, okay. Uh, now we are to what the sweeter life looks like. Like I call this the, the third part of the segment of, you know, Dr. Pepper's unlocking the sweet life. And this probably, I would love to have you on an, another time as well. Cause I think you and I have so many stories that we haven't even opened up about, but this one is super interesting because it's what prompted me to 
get in touch with you about the podcast. And I said, Hey, where are you feeling for this next journey that we're on, you know, 50 plus and we're, we're in the midst of still needing to work in some capacity, but it's been a long road <laughs> up yes. until this point. <laughs> yes, and a lot of kids is. are gone and there's empty nests. So share with me where you are today and how you're feeling about everything. Well, I mean, when you work 35 years and you're in the helping profession or any profession for that long, it becomes your identity. And, you know, I, I am very proud of, of helping families and children. But adoption really has had difficulties in the last five years, and it's really been cut in half the amount of children that are available for adoption. Oh, really? Yes, yes, which is interesting. I thought COVID would definitely increase that, but it didn't. And, you know, when with COVID and all the countries closing uh, for adoption, so a lot has happened. And to be honest, I just extremely burned out. I'm surprised I lasted that long in this, this career because mm-hmm. it's just... You work all the time. You're never off and you're just, you know, it's, it's crazy. But anyways, so I decided I was going to quit. I had two jobs, two part-time jobs, but I decided in both adoption, but I decided I was going to quit. And that was November 30th. And it's been difficult just to figure out what are you going to do next? Do you want to retire? And then I thought I'm too young to retire, but then people retire very young. So it's not really about age, but you know, who am I right now? And then I'm thinking, you know, all right, so do I go into a different career or do I continue in some sort of helping profession? But then, I don't know, you become frozen. Like, am I, again, am I too old to retire or too young to retire and too old to get another job, you know, or I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's a bunch of young, you know, of course, young people getting jobs and they can be hired for less money. And do I still have the skills that are needed? And then it's just a lot of soul searching and a lot of, am I okay just not continuing to work? I'm just in a state of kind of flux and confusion (laughs) and just feeling kind of lost. I think too, the self-worth is so tied into your occupation for so long. And then when you are removed from it, it gets your psyche going back to almost when we were young again. Yes. And feeling insecure all over again. Yes. And you think, my gosh, I'm going to be 58 this year. I felt I was self-assured and confident. Yes. But, you know, when, when careers start to wane and the value that people aren't giving you that you've always had is waning, you question. You question your capabilities. Yes. And do I, like you said, do I even want this? Because what you did was emotionally draining. It just sucked the life out of me. It did. Yeah. 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 And and we think about, you know, I talked about this too. Well, we thought we were cool and hip and, and, and up with times because we have children. In the workforce, it's so different. And so you get to this peak of wisdom and knowledge, but then you're at the top of the pay scale and you're the first to go or a lot of those situations. And it's like, wait a minute, what just happened? I've, I've been dedicating my whole life to this career. Now I'm, you know, somebody that can just be thrown out. And where do I go from there? What, what is going to be exciting? And I think what you're doing right now is valuable because you just need to rest and reset. Right. And that's hard. I'm just starting to do that. It's just a whole adjustment. I had two phones for, you know, just one for work, one for personal, but called all the time. And I, I didn't, you know, I was so scheduled all the time and just never really present in one, one of the regrets I had with my kids. I mean, I know I'm a good mom and all that, but I, 
I wasn't completely present when they were growing up because when you have women in crisis and I would have to go to the hospital, I would have to leave. You know, I couldn't say, I have to call you back. I'm with my kid. I couldn't do that. So many wonderful parts and and just rewarding parts of the job, but that's one piece that was really difficult. So just being okay with not, not working right now. And I was always afraid that, you know, when I did stop working, am I going to be bored? Am I going to be just not fulfilled at all. So just trying to yeah. get through that and then kind of enjoying a little slower life too. I mean, it's on the flip side, but just trying to figure out. And then I'm like, it's only been since November 30th. You need to just rest or yeah. relax. And you know, that part of it, I have always had trouble doing. And you're so not alone, which is also the point of this. So I love the class reunion concept where we are reminiscing. And I, but I've told you many times, and I say this to myself, the reason I'm doing this is at this time in our life to pause and reflect. Sometimes it's good to go backwards before you yes. redefine. Maybe there's yes. things that come up that you realize I want to, I want to re- reinforce again or change or redirect. And, and I've said to you, it's like a love letter to our, to our younger selves. You know, it is, uh, we're not done. And, and what does that look like? And how much, how much fun do I want to make sure I have? Uh, right. For the second half of life here, it's very important right. to put some priority on yourself after you've done it with your your kids and your family. I know it's a juggling act, but you were still a great mom and and uh, did all those types of things. So, what does you know you ha- you have a husband, Dave, and you know what will that look like for the for the two of you? So, I'm going to leave you with a, a couple of rapid round questions from the '80s. So, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Ooh. Classics, right? Oh, I love both of them. Uh, Breakfast Club, because, you know, all the psychological aspects, I think. I think so, too. The Cosby Show or Family Ties? Family Ties. Back to the Future or Ghostbusters? Back to the Future. Michael Jackson or Madonna? That's Madonna. Good. Oh, really? Madonna. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, half the stuff we wore, we had pearl necklaces. Yes. And I would wrap them around and make bracelet out of it. Yes, yes. And we were yep. dripped in pearls wherever we went. And then McDonald's or Burger King? See, back then, I want to say I was Burger King because we went in high school all the time. But McDonald's yeah. Diet Coke and fries are my favorite. Still. Oh, their Diet Cokes, the best. Yes. Yes. And I just have to say really quick, your time at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> How many days did you work there? Well, I don't even My kids die because they love Taco Bell. And I'm like, they go, mom, why aren't you eating this? I said, I will never forget. I was the, the meat stirrer. I stirred the meat. Ugh. Yeah. And I will never be able to eat Taco Bell again. It was, it was a surprise to me when you said I got a job at Taco Bell. And I was like, <laughs> you're kidding me because we knew the menu backwards and forwards for oh, Burger yeah. King and McDonald's. Taco Bell, you're like, everyone wants a special order. And I don't know all the things on the menu. And you would come home exhausted. And I was like, I don't, that's because we always babysat. I always, I babysat since I was yeah. 10 or 11. So getting a job yes. like that was, you know, yeah, that didn't last very long though. Probably a week. <laughs> yes. I can't thank you enough. I do think that our listeners are really going to enjoy your story and, and our friendship. And there's so much more to uncover. So I'd love to have you back again. But I certainly thank you so much for your time today. It meant so much to me, Nancy. Oh, thank you. And thank you for doing this because it's gonna, I really think it's going to reconnect a lot of people. And 
you know, we, we get so busy in our lives and I can't wait to see other people that are on your podcast and see what they're doing. So thank you so much. Absolutely. This is wonderful. All right. I will talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, my friends. All right, friends. That's it for this episode of Class Reunion Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show, write us a review and share this podcast with a friend. Until next time.